The Medallion, Chapter 3 The fading sound of the truck taking Corvin to the mine amplified the ache in Kate's heart. Corvin's mother had left a few hours before him, right after the trick-or-treaters finished coming by. Kate had waited patiently in the kitchen until Corvin pulled himself up in the dumbwaiter, but he only mumbled, My ride's here, gotta go, before rushing out the back door. Alone in the house, Kate leaned back against the headboard of Corvin's bed and gazed at the flakes of snow drifting past the window. Her reflection stared back from the icy glass, cold tears on each cheek. She wiped them away with the edge of the winter quilt and felt the pinch of tender skin around the scar on her cheek. She had never cried this much in her life, not even when her father left. Ever since moving into Corvin's home, her emotions were always just below the surface. The change in Corvin had pierced her heart and the tears she'd bottled up over the years were pouring out. Kate scrubbed the tears away with the back of her sleeve. It was time for her to move on as well. Her duffel bag was packed and down in the kitchen. Living at Corvin's house was only making the pain in her hand and the ache in her heart worse. Tomorrow morning, she would take the bus to the city and find her own place to live. A puff of ice crystals crept in around the vent holes above the windowsill, and she tucked the quilt in tight around her shoulders. The wind was growing stronger, the snow slanting steeply across the window panes. Snow hadn't fallen on Halloween night for years. It was a good thing all the younger kids had finished with trick-or-treating. A muted flash of light, followed by a loud bang, lit up the falling snow. The older kids were still shooting off fireworks. Another flash, but this time it was from up on the castle rocks. That had to be Billy Fry. In the past weeks, whenever Corbin and his mother were away, Billy hung out on the rock with his gun in hand. Kate stayed in the house and away from the windows. She never told Corvin as she was sure there would be a fight. Corvin was definitely no longer afraid of Billy. In fact, it was the opposite now. The skeletal branches of the maple tree outside Corvin's bedroom window scratched at the side of the house. The storm was rapidly turning into a blizzard. Getting to the city early tomorrow wouldn't be possible if the bus quit running. The scratching turned to rapping. Someone was knocking at the front door. It was far too late for trick-or-treaters, but it could be the older kids from school pulling a prank. If she ignored them, they would eventually get cold and leave. The knocking came again, louder and more persistent. Kate pulled on her housecoat and crept down the stairs. Pushing a corner of the drapes aside, she peeked out the window. A small child in a mask and cape stood in the shadows of the front porch. Kate quickly opened the door. The trick-or-treater swayed in front of her on unsteady legs, shivering beneath the old blanket tied over its head. An ugly mask with an alligator-like snout twisted upward and peered at her through dark eye holes. Help me, Kate, a muffled voice croaked. Come inside and warm up. I'll call your mom to pick you up, Kate said. The shivering form stumbled over the threshold and collapsed on the floor. Are you okay? Kate knelt and tried to pull the mask away, but the rubbery folds were slick with perspiration. The kid must be smothering in there. Let's get you out of that costume. She jumped up and flicked on the living room light. Her hand was covered in blood. Kate whirled about to stare wide-eyed at a large reptile stretched out across the living room floor. She shrank back against the door, her heart pounding. Was she having another one of her nightmares? She'd seen this lizard in her dreams more than once since coming back from the hospital. Pinching her arm hard, she winced. The lizard groaned. Her heart beat faster. Someone thumped on the door behind her, and the voice of Billy Fry boomed through the wood. What's going on in there? The lizard lifted its head, and blood dripped off the end of its nose. Don't let him in. The large boy wants to kill me. Billy pounded on the door again. You better open this door, Kate, or I'm going to knock it down. 
The lizard tried to crawl away, but collapsed on the blanket that had been tied over its head. Billy kicked the door. Kate grabbed the edge of the blanket and skidded the lizard's leathery body around the corner and into the kitchen. Wait here till I get rid of Billy. The bloody head nodded slightly as the front door creaked under more heavy blows. Kate wiped her hand on the blanket and ran back to the front door to flick on the porch light. The banging stopped. Opening the door crack, she found Billy silhouetted in the wedge of bright light, snow swirling around his bulky frame. What took you so long? I was in bed. What do you want? You're a little old for trick-or-treat. This ain't no trick. There's a wild animal on the loose tonight. I winged it and followed its tracks through the snow to your door. Well, there's no wild animal here now, other than you. He scowled and pointed a tattered woolen mitten at her face. What did you scream for? I had a bad dream and I woke myself up. I don't need your help with that. Kate tried to shut the door, but Billy wedged his snow-covered boot into the opening. I need to make sure it's not hiding inside. He pushed past her into the house, gun held high. Pa told me I need to keep an eye on the place this weekend. Kate cut around in front of him. There's no lizard in here. Billy's beady eyes narrowed. Never said nothing about a lizard. Kate's face flushed. Well, whatever you're looking for, it's not here. Billy pushed his broad face toward her. Don't you fool with me. You know all about that lizard. Corvin weren't making it up. It's real, and my pa said he'd give me ten bucks if I can catch it. Pa says it knows a way to the treasure inside the rock. Billy stepped back and rubbed a mitten over his face. But don't tell anyone about the treasure. My pa would be really mad. Tell them what? I don't even know what you're talking about. Kate took a step toward the front door. Why don't you go back to your hunting? You can take some fresh bread and jam along. Billy licked his lips. Kate pointed to the chair by the front door. Stay here a moment and I'll cut you some. Nero won't be very happy if she sees you tracking dirt and snow on her clean floors. She tried to sound nonchalant, as if Corbin's mother was still home. But Billy abruptly pushed past her and stalked into the kitchen, his gun held ready. No! Kate shouted, leaping after him. Billy stood in the empty kitchen. What do you mean, no? Kate scanned the room and spied the tattered corner of a blanket caught in the dumbwaiter door. No, the bread isn't sliced yet. I'll slice some for you. She put a hand on his arm and tried to move him back to the front room. Billy's brow furrowed and a sneer twisted his flabby lips. Don't try them tricks on me. My dad warned me about them feminine charms. Says you'll be using them all the men now that you're looking more like a real woman. Kate's face burned as she turned away from Billy and retied her housecoat. She didn't like the fact that her body had been changing rapidly since the mine accident. Boys were staring as they passed her on the street, and once a grown man had whistled at her. The only positive thing was she was also getting a lot stronger. She could swing down from the maple tree outside of Corvin's room like the trapeze artist at the circus. My dad says that's how you managed to weasel yourself into this house. You got Corvin under your spell. Kate gave her head a small shake. Billy leaned in over her shoulder and spoke quietly in her ear. My dad says since your mama took off, you're going to take her place as the town floozy. Kate whipped around and punched Billy hard in the stomach. He doubled over and the rifle slipped from his grasp, clattering to the floor and going off with a deafening roar. In the silence that followed, Billy's splintered gasp to refill his lungs were matched by slivers of glass falling from the kitchen window into the sink. A sudden whir of a pulley from inside the dumbwaiter and the edge of the blanket was gone. Kate looked back at Billy, but he was still getting his wind back. He drew a ragged breath and looked out the broken window. 
Now, look what you made me do. Get out, Kate said. Billy straightened slowly. Who's gonna make me? Kate grabbed his hand and twisted it behind his back, shoving his arm up as high as he could reach between his shoulder blades. You're hurting me. Let me go, Billy whimpered. I'll let you go when you're out of our house. Billy stumbled toward the front door and Kate pushed him out into the night. He turned to face her just as a thump echoed inside the house. Something's in there and I'm gonna get my paw. He'll show you what for. Kate slammed the door and fumbled with the lock. She waited a moment, then peeked through the front window. Billy was gone, but not for long if his dad was at home. Kate sprinted back to the kitchen. Her hand shook as she yanked up the dumbwaiter door. The lift had slipped down to the basement and was lost in the darkness. As Kate stared into the black hole, she sucked in her breath at a vivid memory. She had met this lizard at an opening into a hole like this, and it was on the top of Corvin's rock. That wasn't a dream, and something terrible had happened to her down inside the hole. Another memory flowed over her. On top of the rock, the lizard had promised to serve her as long as it lived, and for the same reason, she now felt responsible for protecting it. Lizard, she called softly, are you down there? She pulled on the rope until the empty dumbwaiter box came into view, the torn blanket on its floor. Another shard of glass from the broken window crashed into the sink. Snow was drifting in through the jagged opening and settling on the hot stove in sizzling wisps of steam. Billy's gun lay on the floor and the acrid odor of gunpowder swirled around her. Kate looked from the gun to her duffel bag on the kitchen table. If Billy came back for his rifle, she didn't want him going through her things. Grabbing the bag, she pushed it to the back of the dumbwaiter. Kate stared into the lift. She hated small spaces, but it was the only way into the cellar to find the lizard. Swallowing her fear, she turned around and crouched backward into the box, sitting on her bag and bending her head into the corner. Gripping the rope, she released the catch. The weight of her bag and her body pulled the rough hemp rope through her grasp and burned into her palms. Instinctively, Kate let go and the box dropped down the shaft, then jerked to a stop. The dark air closed in around her. Desperately, she tugged at the rope, but the dumbwaiter wouldn't budge. Her breathing came sharp and shallow. Dizziness overwhelmed her and her stomach heaved. She pushed against the walls, but nothing moved. Everything in her wanted to scream for help, but at the thought of Billy and his father, she clamped her mouth shut and forced herself to calm down. Feeling above her head, she found the lizard's blanket jammed in beside the top edge of the box and wedged in tight against the wall of the shaft. A quick yank, and the box broke loose, plummeting down, smashing to a stop, and tossing her out onto the cellar floor. The pulley overhead whined as the rope whirled and dropped its coils with a resounding thump onto the top of the dumbwaiter box. There would be no going back that way. Pulling herself up on shaky legs, Kate turned toward the slice of blue light spilling on the floor from between the cellar doors. Moving forward, she banged her thigh into something hard. It was Corvin's cot. But what was it doing out in the middle of the room? The cellar doors rattled, and she glanced to her right to follow the sound. The blue light was actually from beyond Corvin's cot in the center of the shelves. Creeping forward, she discovered one of the shelves had been pulled away from the wall. Kate peeked inside. The lizard waved at her from beneath a large blue light bulb that illuminated its grinning face. Hello, Kate. Is the horrible boy gone? Kate swung the door wider and stared at the creature, dabbing at his head with a piece of cloth. The skin of a Lumion stops the flow of blood. I ate the fruit and I feel much better. I should have saved some for you, but unfortunately there was only one ready to eat and it's forbidden to consume the mother fruit. He pointed to the blue light bulb. 
It's hard to believe she is growing so close to the surface. The lizard's narrow head twisted up, and blue lines on its cheeks glowed brightly in the strange light. In that pose, Kate had a strong sense of deja vu, and she squinted to try and remember what had happened when she and the lizard first met. Are you feeling ill, Kate? Kate shook her head, closed her eyes, and sank down against the rock wall. How do you know my name? Do you not recall setting me free from the black band? It was not that long ago. Kate touched the circle of dark skin around her wrist with a vague memory of wearing a shimmering black bracelet, but she couldn't remember why she had put it on in the first place. The reptile walked over to stand before her, and Kate pressed herself back against the rock. This creature had sharp teeth and long claws. A smudged line of bruises wrapped around its neck as if someone had tried to strangle it. Kate glanced at her wrist, and more of the memory came back. The black band had originally been around this creature's neck, and it had begged her to set it free. The lizard pulled its paw away from its head, revealing a deep cut. This is now the second time you have saved my life, he bowed low. My promise from before remains, and this time I will protect you on your journey back to the core. My journey back? But I... The lizard put a wet paw over her mouth and hissed. Someone is out there. Kate pushed his paw away and listened. Someone was walking in the snow outside the doors. She slipped into the cellar and pushed the section of shelves partly closed. You wait here while I go take a look. A shadow fell on the crack between the cellar doors and a man's voice spoke out. You sure that creature's tracks lead up to the house? Yes, Pa. All we gotta do is catch it, and we can find out where the rest of the treasure is hidden. Something heavy crashed into the doors, the crack widened, and Kate caught a glimpse of the ruddy face of Mr. Fry over Billy's hatless head. How many times do I have to tell you, never mention the treasure outside our house. With Corvin and his mother gone, we just need to get rid of the girl, and we find out where he hid it. Maybe she took off, Pa. It scared her pretty good when I shot out the kitchen window. You did what? The door pushed in against Kate. Where's your gun? In her kitchen. A quick smack was followed by a cry of pain. How can you be so stupid? Get up there and bring it back. But she locked the door, Billy whined. Then crawl in through the broken window. Use your head for once. What about the lizard? You afraid of a little old lizard boy? Billy muttered a half-hearted no and shuffled away. The cellar doors bulged in and Kate ducked below the long wooden bolt as Mr. Fry peered in through the crack. Now we'll finally see if you got any more of them pointy silver coins. Overhead, Kate could hear Billy scrambling in through the kitchen window and then the back door banged shut. Soon he was back at the cellar door. She's run off, Pa. Left a note on the kitchen table to tell Corvin's mother she's gone to the city. Good. Maybe she'll freeze to death in this blizzard. You stay here. I'll go fetch my saw from the truck to cut this bolt. This is our chance to search his workshop, and then she'll take the blame and won't ever come back. Kate tiptoed back toward the lizard, but the blue light was gone. The entire north wall of the cellar was obscured by wooden shelves. The opening must be behind one of the sections, but which one? Perhaps it was like the movies where you had to pull on something to make the secret door open. She put a hand on a twisted piece of metal, but it fell over and almost crashed to the floor. Kate rapped lightly on the back of the shelving. The section opened, and the lizard beckoned her inside. Billy's father will be back any minute to cut the cellar door open, Kate whispered. We've got to get away from here. The lizard pointed a long claw at the deep recesses of the tunnel. Unless they know the secret of this door, they will not find this tunnel from inside the cellar, and I know another way out. Kate shivered and pulled her housecoat closer. They couldn't go anywhere like this. My things are in the cellar. Things? My bag. I packed my bag because I was leaving tonight. A big bag? 
Corvin had many troubles with the big bag. No, I don't have that much stuff. The lizard rolled its eyes. That's what Corvin said, and he almost died. Releasing the catch, the lizard eased the hidden door open. As Kate slipped back into the cellar, a long blade thrust in between the doors and dropped down on the wooden bolt.